Amen. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, and just that reality, isn't it, of how something simple like bread and yet the even how the Ukraine situation affected the, the wheat and the barley and how that's affected things and how our, our need for bread. Um, if you have your Bibles and you can open them to John chapter 6, um, I'm just going to effectively read through John chapter 6 today. So if your head is down the whole time today, that's absolutely fine because my head is going to be down as we kind of read this chapter together. And I just add a few uh, through notes, a bit about the history, a bit about the context. Because sometimes when we read our Bibles, we're like, oh, that's a difficult one, or where's the answer to that, or how do I put all this together? Where, so today the question is, why did Jesus call himself the bread of life? And the answer is in John chapter 6, so that's why we're going to read it. But also, um, as, as almost as a plug, like something simple as bread, like my favourite time to eat bread is... I don't, has anyone had, I know it's a, just a tin soup, Heinz Malagatoni soup? Any fans in the house? Oh, that's my favourite soup, okay? So if you haven't got it, later, Sainsbury's Heinz Malagatoni with some bread and butter. Or if, you ever see, if you're ever in a shop and you see Heinz Malagatoni and you don't like it, buy me one, okay? <laughs> I'll always take it. So, um, so when I think about bread, that's when I think of my favourite time to eat bread, but Jesus today is talking about being the bread of life. So we're just going to go straight into John chapter 6. I'm just going to read these verses, add a few comments, um, <clears throat> and then we're going to take bread and wine together, like we, like we, the children, like we got them to read those verses. The table is open for us to take because Jesus loves us, he died for us, and so to take the bread and wine is not just a passive thing. We don't want to just do it for force. It's actually a massive thing because we are saying, Jesus, you are the bread of life. That's what we are saying. And also we don't want to take it in an unworthy manner. If there's unbelief like Judas or if there's, if there's difficulties with relationships here, we want to forgive one another. We want to do it in a way that honors God. And so Jesus talks about this in, in John chapter 6. So let me just read some of these verses so feel free to keep your head down the whole time and just look through it or make notes or go off underline feel free to do that as we look at this so john chapter 6 says this it says sometime after this jesus crossed the far shore of the sea of galilee that is the sea of tiberias which is still there today and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick if you want to look back in after the service of the, the chapters before it, Jesus has started healing many people uh, at different places, uh, in different situations. So if we saw some healings, didn't we? People would crowd together. They would think, oh, let's, let's go together. Jesus can fly away or drive away. He was on foot. And so a crowd gathered. People were following this miracle man in that sense. And then verse 3, it says this, Then Jesus went up to a mountainside, and sat down with his disciples, his followers. And verse four, the Jewish Passover, the Jewish Passover festival was near. And so the, the Jewish Passover festival was a yearly festival, a yearly event that had been already now at this time celebrated for hundreds of years. And it's a look back event. It's a, it's a time when um, God used Moses to set his people free from Israel. And so Israel had been under slavery for 400 years and God split the sea and his people were set free. 
Uh, and on that time, they, they had unleavened bread, so they, didn't, they couldn't wait for it to rise. They had unleavened, unleavened bread, and they painted their door, doorposts with the blood of a lamb for death to pass over them, to, to protect them. And this had been um, uh, happening now for hundreds of years. From that Passover, there was a yearly event, a yearly Passover festival. Uh, and because for some people, Moses was the main guy then who was used by God. And for some people, Moses was the greatest. For many Jews back then and for many Jews today, Moses is the greatest. Abraham was the founder. David was the great king. But for many people, Moses was the greatest. He's the one who brought the law. He's the one who set the people uh, free. And so today, that was hundreds of years ago. Today now, this has been celebrated for thousands of years. The Passover Jews today would be celebrating this event. So this has been celebrated for thousands of years. And verse 5, it says this, And when Jesus looked up, so he was on a mountainside with his disciples, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, one of his followers, Where shall we buy bread? For all these people to eat. Mark's gospel says that the crowd had been listening to Jesus' teaching all day, and so he wanted to, to feed them. And verse 6 says, he only, he only asked them this to test them because he already had in his mind what he was going to do. And verse 7, Philip answered, as, as many of us would have answered, I think, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of these people to have a bite to eat. And also, Sainsbury's wasn't open back then. Like, these things weren't around. And so, not only the cost, but where are you going to do it? And then verse 8 says, Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Like, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. And it's almost like he said that without thinking. And then reality has come back in. Because he says, but how far will they go among us? It's almost like a, a great, stupid idea of faith. Like, he had this great idea. Oh, here's a boy. But actually, he's only got five loaves and, and two fish. And just a plug about I Am Andrew. There's an event in August, I Am Andrew, about people introducing people to Jesus. And Andrew introduced his brother to, to Jesus, and now this boy. And with this Billy Graham event in August, it's an opportunity for us to invite people to that as well. Like that, Keith? That one's for you, mate. And, and verse 10. So, like, yeah, there's a great crowd of people. Like, what are we going to do? Verse 10 says, Okay, Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. Check this out in brackets. About 5,000 men were there. They just counted the men in that sense. They'd give up then. No, that's not counting women. This wasn't a men's event. Like, this was women and children were there. So, this. 5,000 could have been doubled, tripled, even quadrupled. And then Jesus, on verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves. So he had these loaves of bread from this boy. He gave thanks to his father. And then he started distributing them to those who were seated. He started giving them out as much as they wanted. So this was a mealtime. This wasn't a Passover. This was a mealtime. Let's have food together. And he did the same with the fish. And then verse 12 says, When they had, had all eaten enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Now gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So not only did he feed these thousands of people, 
there was leftovers. I wonder, I, only today I thought, what do they do with leftovers? Like, there's so much food, everyone was eating, but they had leftovers and they brought it back together. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And then verse 14, check this out, it says, After the people saw the sign Jesus perform, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to take him, intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. He went up to the mountain. Like the way Jesus did this miracle or provided um, this miracle in the open air, something of this wilderness reminded those people of how God worked through, through Moses to feed Israel with manna in the wilderness. So this was like a memory. This is like, this has happened before. Like this happened with Moses, this has happened with our people, and this has happened again. And when it says, truly, this is the prophet, again, Moses predicted of, of someone coming, of another messenger, of someone coming from God, a prophet in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, which is uh, an Old Testament Bible, and it says this, it says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your people, him you shall hear. So if this coming prophet was to be like Moses, it made sense then for him to perform a miracle like Moses. But then when verse 16 says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set across the lake for Capernaum. This is a massive story, okay? This is, we're talking about Jesus walking the water, but this is, I'm just literally going to sandwich this in, just to show this is day one, this happens in the night, and then day two happens. And then it says this, it says, by, by now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. And remember last week, Alan shared about this, about the I am part of Jesus. When they had rowed, check this out, when they had rowed about three or four miles, so this wasn't just like a little walk, when he had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately, again another miracle, the boat reached the shore they were heading. So this was like just a little story in the evening. <laughs> He'd already fed 5,000 more, and then just a little story in the evening, which not many people knew about. This happened. And then verse 22, then the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake, so these 5,000 plus, realized that there'd only been, uh, there's only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that he'd gone alone. But then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And once, they, once the crowd realized that neither Jesus or his disciples were there, they then got into boats uh, to go to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So they realized Jesus had done a runner, and they're like, but like, all right then, he must be over there. Like, let's go follow him. Let's go after him. And verse 25, when they found him, so the feeding of 5,000 people. When, they, when this group found him on the other side of the lake, 
they asked him, Rabbi, like when did you get here? And notice the confusion of the titles. They called him prophet, king, but now they're kind of calling him rabbi, which means teacher. And notice, Jesus doesn't even tell him about the walk in the water. <laughs> Don't know if I was you, I just thought, yeah, I just actually walked across the water. Like, he doesn't say any of that. He doesn't tell him that part. But verse 26 says, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because the signs I performed, Remember, these people originally followed them because of the signs, so they wanted to follow this miracle maker. But now it's changed. You're following me not because the signs I performed, but because the, you ate the loaves and had your fill. Don't work for the food that spoils, but food that, for that food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Like Jesus made a contrast here between material things and spiritual things. And, and sadly, and even for ourselves, it's almost universally true that people are more attracted to the material things than spiritual things. Like if we had a sign outside uh, our building today that said, free healing or free food, like we'd get a big crowd, wouldn't we? Like, people are going to Sainsbury, so they're hungry. And people are going to the doctor's surgery, so they're sick. And so if we offered free healing and free food, effectively, we could get all this traffic. But if we had a sign that says, spiritual fulfillment and eternal life, people, sadly, would keep going, wouldn't they? They'd still go to these things because they're looking for the temporary and not the eternal, and for us a challenge for us as well, are we looking for the temporary and not the eternal? But then verse 28 says, then he asked him, what, was, what must we do to, to, to the works of God that God requires? So what, what does God require for us? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this. Look how simple this is, verse 29. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. The work of God, like what's our works? How do we do this? Like how do we get into God's good books? Like what's our works? The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, and this is a massive smack in the face. Look at verse 30. They asked him, this is the day after guys, literally the day after, to the same people. They asked him, okay, what sign then will you give us so that may we see it and believe it? And then they say this, what will you do? And check out verse 31, look at the example they use. Our, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Like how ironic is that, isn't it? The irony, these same people, they mentioned George, uh, Moses, they mentioned manna, bread from heaven, leading up to the Passover, and yet literally 24 hours before this, Jesus had done the exact thing, or even greater thing, to these same people, and yet they didn't get it. They saw it and didn't get it. And verse 32, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, and I think you're 
I don't know, maybe I'm ad-libbing you, but I think he's raising his voice a bit now. He's kind of getting a bit frustrated, like kind of showing these people. Like, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who, give you, who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. And I feel like he's, he's showing his frustration, or even I would get frustrated in that, there, because he says that in verse 33, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they respond by saying this, Sir, so again now it's gone from prophet, king, rabbi, now they're just onto average titles. Sir, sir, they said, always give us this bread. Always. Like, always give us this bread. They still wanted the miracles. They still wanted to be fed. They still wanted like the temporary, even though the, the, their story was the manna, which only lasted a day, and then it was spoiled. They wanted to always have this food, always have this food every day. And yet even their ancestors complained about that. But then verse 35, Jesus, he says, then Jesus declared, like he made a declaration, like he stopped. He said, right then, this is it. And he said, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Like he stops someone and says, like, we're talking about all this bread. Like, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever come, believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. Just a challenge for maybe one or two of you out there. Maybe you've seen God, you've seen um, his faithfulness, or you've seen the love of God through other people, and you've seen it, and yet you still don't believe. And that's a challenge for you. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, you've seen the kindness, the love of God, even that song, The Goodness of God. You recognize it. Like, what are you waiting for? And verse 37, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. That's when we're taking communion. We do this until he comes again. We believe in that there will be a day where Jesus comes again. Verse 40, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will rise them up at the last day. Jesus often talks about eternity and temporary. And for us, because we live in the temporary, for us, we're like, actually, I don't believe in the eternity. Or that's a really long time away. So or I don't need to think about death, or I, need to, I don't need to think about life beyond the grave right now, or even if it is true or not, like, I don't really need to do it. Because we think 70 years is a long time, don't we? We think, oh, yeah, average, that's 70 years. So, like, why do we think about the eternal when we've got roughly 70 years? For, so, so for Jesus, he probably thinks we're a bit crazy because he is the great I am who has come from eternity, before time he knows how long eternity is and he knows how short the temporary is 
So he's, he's like saying all the time of our eternity, guys, this is temporary. Jesus lived around 33 years, which we kind of think, like, that's quite, even that's quite short for an adult, isn't it? For a man. But because he's eternal, he lived forever before then, and he lives forever since. So the 33 years is just the temporary stuff. And we kind of think, oh, yeah, actually, I don't need to think about the eternal. Like, guys, we are in temporary. Like, this is just, this is a blade of grass in a field. Like, don't put all your eggs in this temporary basket when Jesus has said, eternity is real, heaven is real, hell is real. And so I've paid the price for you to be with me and my Father. And so don't focus on the temporary when Jesus has sorted out our eternity. And so he talks about eternity a lot. But then verse 41, check this out. It says, at this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread of heaven that came down. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Like these guys knew his siblings. How can he then say, I came down from heaven? Like, they would have known the family. They would have seen. They would have just thought, this is just Jesus. Like, we know Joseph, his carpenter dad. He did my roof for. Or, yeah, Mary, we know her. She lives in the village. But then 43, Jesus says, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father uh, as, who, who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. And verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give to you for the, li for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat. Now get this part because we're going to be doing this now in communion. So this is bringing bring it into land like this is today now. This is what we're about to do. Jesus not only said that he was greater than Moses, he said he is the one who gave the people manna, the bread of heaven, and the Passover meal that they're about to celebrate. Jesus, before he died and rose again, changed that meal. He changed it. Where the Jews would celebrate Passover, we have a different meal now. We are celebrating the fact that Jesus has rose from the dead, that this is no longer about Moses and about God hopefully sending a Messiah. We are saying this meal is about Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of heaven. This is my body and this is my blood. So listen to these next, week, these next words as we're about to take communion in verse 33. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, 
you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. This is why we take it continually to remain in him and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate it and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this whilst teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Like, we don't get this. I don't like this. Is he talking about cannibalism? Like, what's all this about? They didn't understand it. And Jesus is explaining it, and that's why he changes the meal about being this body and his blood, this bread and this wine. And verse 61 says, Aware that his, disciple, his disciples, not just the crowd, but now his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? Now, is this offending you? Well, what, well what do, what's going to happen when I show you? Like, I've been, before everything was, I was. And this is the I am part of the, like we heard about last week. The Spirit gives life, verse 33. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He, sent, he went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And look at this verse 66, sad part. From this time... Many of his disciples, so we're not just talking about the crowd, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And verse 67, do you want to leave too? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so this is what we do now. We say, Lord Jesus, that we believe. Jesus, we believe that you are the bread of life. We believe that you are the I am. We believe that you are God. And that before even this world was created, you were there. We believe that you're the one who gives life. You're the one who sustains life. You're the one who gives those people the, br the bread in the wilderness. And you're the one who gives us bread today. You're the one who gives us bread with our malagatoni soup. Or you're the one who sustains us. You're the one who gives us life. And Lord Jesus, we want to remain in you. And we want you to remain in us. And so that's why we take this bread and this, and this wine your body and your blood in faith. We believe that you are the bread of life. And Lord Jesus, we want to celebrate that and take this and we want to say and declare not just to ourselves, 
but to one another, to the world, that we believe in you. Even if people doesn't make sense, even if others would mock us or walk away, Lord, we want to we make our stake in the ground and say we believe in you. Lord, that we're going to do this until either we see you and our temporary lives end or until you come back. Help us do this for the rest of our lives. Help us remain in you and you remain in us until we live with you forever in eternity. Amen, Lord. Amen. The band are going to come up now uh, and sing these songs. And we're going to just take communion together. If you take some bread and a cup, we're going to join in with worship uh, and take the bread whenever you want. But if you hold on to the the cup, I'll come back up and, and pray and we'll take the cup together. But we do it here in a communal way and so we want it to be part of the family and, and, and so if you want to embrace each other or say hello to another or hug each other, then you can do that. Or if you need to say sorry to one another or deal with things, I often have to say sorry to my wife before taking communion or me and my boys need to work things out. So we want to do this in a way that honours God as a family but also being made right with God but also being made right with each other. So in your own time, Take some bread, take some wine, let's sing and worship, and then in a bit I'll come up and I'll explain and we'll, we'll, we'll drink the cup together.